and welcome to the first remote Wealth Manager podcast. My name's John Schaefer, and I'm a reporter on the CityWell Wealth Manager team. Today, I spoke with Mike Gush, who co-manages Bailey Gifford's Emerging Market Growth and China Funds, to get a sense of what's actually happening in China post the COVID-19 lockdown. Mike, really appreciate you uh, coming on a call with me today. No, absolutely delighted to, to help um, share our views. Yeah, great. Um, so both obviously the Chinese fund and the emerging market growth fund are, are pretty uh, focused on Chinese equity. And um, I wanted to see whether those companies are, are essentially on the road to the recovery now. Well, as I'm sure um, your, your listeners will be aware, we are living in unprecedented times. Um, the scale of this unfolding human tragedy is something that is almost beyond, beyond comprehension. Um, now, the, the human cost and implications for the world economy, which China is obviously a large part of, will have deep impacts for a long time to come. And as long-term investors at Bailey Gifford, we must focus on investing in those businesses that will not only survive the current climate, but thrive as the world recovers, as it surely must. And there are tentative signs that business is slowly getting back to some sort of normality in China, although we are a long way off from being able to call it business as usual. Mm. The extreme measures that China have taken um, in the very early days, a couple of months ago now, to lock down parts of their country seems to have um, suppressed the virus and is, um, those those measures um, seem to have seem to have at least um, arrested the virus in its progress in China, and that has allowed businesses to um, take the the next step and yeah. opening offices again. Um, yeah, I think Xi's visit to Wuhan um, last week was highly symbolic um, to the Chinese people that, that the government feel they have got on top of this, and that that's a very important point to make. And do you think perhaps China going on lockdown a lot earlier and perhaps in a more severe way has helped those companies recover a bit? I think it's certainly um, been a, a large factor. One of the issues with the, um, the, the COVID-19 strain, the virus, is that nobody really knows what might happen next. Um, so China went for an early intervention approach to suppress the virus. Um, and hopefully that will mean transmission levels stay at very low rates, as we are now seeing reported in China, where any cases that are now being reported are from travellers coming back to China mm. and not within the country. Um, but it, you know, t- it will take time to know that that is truly what we're seeing. We don't have a step up as they loosen some of these um, self-isolation uh, policies that have been in place for the last month and a half or so. Um Obviously, as COVID sort of spreads across the rest of the world, how, how hard is that going to hit Chinese exports? Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, China is you know, absolutely key to the world economy. It has been the driver of global growth um, over almost any period you'd like to mention over the last 15 years or so. And you know, China will definitely be impacted. I think it's very important to... Um, yeah, but certainly the way we invest at Bailey Gifford is to think about companies in a very long-term time frame and invest in those companies that are that have the management teams uh, that are adaptable. They have the wherewithal in order to navigate through different economic environments. And certainly the pressures 
today that we'll be feeling. We want the management teams who will be able to continue functioning, continue their business, make sure their business remains sustainable so that when we're out the other side of this, as we surely will be one day, um, these Chinese companies are very well placed to continue on the, the, um, the growth trajectory. Um, than they have been on for some time. Um, be good to drill down in, into some of your larger holdings, um, some including sort of Tencent, JD.com, Alibaba. What's their performance been like in the volatility? Well, they've actually held up reasonably well, um, and that's been quite nice to see. We believe it's the strength of these businesses, and going back to my point about the adaptability of management, um, that the, you know, these two factors are really behind the relative resilience in these names. Each of the businesses are primarily online, be it Tencent with gaming and social media, Alibaba and JD.com um, with e-commerce, and they've actually benefited, if anything, from the enforced limits on movement. And take a couple of examples within that. You know, Alibaba, for instance, saw explosive growth in the use of their Ding Ding app, and that's similar to Slack for, for work, you know, workplace messaging app, sure. um, as more and more people work from home. Uh, on another note, your Tencent servers actually crashed. This is an online gaming company that so many people were trying to play one of their, their key games, which is called Game for Peace. It's similar to Fortnite, which mm. I, I realize many of your listeners will be familiar with. Their servers actually crashed and they had to invest in more capacity here. So these, these are two businesses that you know, at the margins, yes, it's a very difficult time to be operating, but actually are finding that they um, some of their businesses are actually doing quite well due to this uh, enforced limit on so, movement of the population. So you even think the, like, the likes of Tencent might be uh, recording improved revenues over this period? Well, I mean, they've, they've just reported uh, numbers um, earlier today, in fact, uh, and although they do lag, um, certainly um, their revenues are still growing at a very um, healthy rate, which is nice to see. So, so these, you know, both Alibaba and Tencent are large positions in the emerging markets in our China and portfolios. And I do wonder, um, you know, we this unprecedented time that we're living in, whether this just accelerates the shift to um, the general population adopting online business models yeah. much more closely going forward. So ultimately, you know, are these the these the companies that will will win when? we come out of the other side of this. Granted, and that's not not just China, is that? I, I suppose the idea of working from home, everyone's really forced into it at the moment and um, like we've never seen before, really. Um, Absolutely. And another business that we were actually um, buying earlier this year, Meituan Diampeng, this is a, a food delivery business and a travel business. And yes, the travel business will clearly suffer in the current environment, but the food delivery business is actually reporting very good numbers as more people choose that as an option rather than venturing out to go to the um, the supermarkets to buy food or you know, go to restaurants. Yeah. So uh, obviously both the emerging market fund and the Chinese fund have suffered somewhat, but what has been the biggest drag um, on both of those funds in, in the past few weeks considering you know, the, the bigger holdings like Tencent, JD.com and Alibaba, as you said, have been somewhat resilient? Yeah, I mean, overall, it's our positions in energy companies that have been particularly weak. Um, whilst you know, this is not a significant part of the portfolio, with much more in financials, technology, and consumer names. The fall in the oil price due to the both the 
potential demand shock from the uh, the virus, uh, but also tensions between Russia and, and Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, these two factors have really taken its toll on the oil price. And most of the oil companies we own are very geared into, obviously, that, that oil price um, as, a, as a single factor. So those, those are probably the positions that have hurt us the most in the short term. Yeah. And, and what about companies sort of lower down the market cap spectrum? We, we have been talking quite a bit about Tencent and Alibaba, who are pretty pretty much juggernauts in, in China. But how have those companies fared, uh, sort of the smaller companies in China? It really does depend business by business. Um, I, you know, Some of the areas that have actually performed very strongly for both uh, of the emerging markets and the China funds are those in the healthcare space. Um, which sounds obvious given what's going on in the world, uh, but you know we're absolutely we're seeing companies that year to date are up in absolute terms, which is in stark contrast to what's happened to uh, the, the general stock markets. Uh, and these companies are either um, you know helping with um, frontline medical care, or uh, are into drug development, or um, even in, into some vaccine areas. And they they could perform very well. And these are down at the smaller market cap end of the space. They're much younger companies. So that's one area where it's actually a bit of a bright spot um, mm. across the, the the portfolios. And certainly we've got an eye on you know, continuing to review the universe to, to determine whether there are more buying opportunities in that space, as well as continuing to believe that our, you know, those online businesses, the Alibaba, Tencent, JD, Meituan, uh, you know, perhaps coming out the other side of this in a, in a stronger relative position. So, so drilling down on the buying opportunities, when are you looking to act? Um, are, are you ready now in a, in a cash position to, to buy more Chinese companies? Or are, you, are you sort of holding fire a little bit? And for, our, um, for our portfolios, we remain fully invested. Um, that is a, the position um, where we're keen to maintain. Um, so we um, we don't have a significant cash balance. That's not how we uh, run the funds. Um, we, we maintain a fully invested fund. Uh, and certainly we've been having a lot of active discussions about um, areas of opportunity and finding, very importantly, finding those businesses that match our long-term growth um, investment philosophy um, that, that are quality businesses that, that are likely to do very well um, both you know, over the next three to five years and beyond. And it's that that we really do focus on at times like this. And we don't want to get sucked into second-guessing a market which is jumping up or down day to day. Uh, and it's very much focusing on what we're very, very good at at Bailey Gifford, where we have a, an institutional history um, spanning, back, spanning back decades of investing for the long term uh, and making sure that's what our investors are focusing their time on. I wanted to look a little bit at uh, supply chains. Obviously, COVID-19 has really brought um, the, the reliance on the Chinese supply chain into focus. And, and do you think some other countries might benefit from this, perhaps the likes of Vietnam, where you know people are moving supply chains into neighbouring countries um, or, or other kind of emerging markets? Do you, think, do you see that happening? Yeah, I mean, this is a trend that has its roots you know, in the relative cost of labour across these markets and, and started over a decade ago. You know, supply chains are seeking to remain as cost competitive as possible. And we've seen Vietnam, amongst others, such as Bangladesh or Cambodia, become big beneficiaries. Um, 
but that that is something that was happening very clearly before COVID-19 um, came on the scene. Now, unfortunately, many of the opportunities in those countries, and particularly in Vietnam, uh, are quite small businesses uh, and not really suitable for our emerging market strategy. Mm. Although you know, they have featured in our Asia-Pacific ex-Japan strategy run by uh, two of my colleagues, uh, where Vietnam, for instance, is the largest country overweight, you know, given a very uh, positive view on the economic um, the, the economic performance of that country and the companies that are supporting that. So, so one criticism of the uh, Chinese economy has clearly been the, the level of debt present. Um, with COVID taking hold, do you think a lot of these companies will default on their debts? It's certainly a possibility. Um, I think the government is likely to be very supportive and, and indeed some of the measures already have been um, in that direction to make sure that um, businesses are supported um, through this. Um, I would say that most of the very highly levered companies are in areas such as the state-owned enterprises um, or the property space, which is two areas that you know, we've always struggled to find good long-term quality growth businesses. Um, so those are areas we naturally don't have a lot of money invested in. Um, and actually, if you look at the private sector overall, and certainly amongst the listed private space, um, balance sheets are actually in very good health. And that's no, you know, that is truest amongst the, the large companies we've already discussed, where the likes of Alibaba, Tencent, are sitting on, on large cash balances and have very cash flow generative businesses with very few um, demands on their capital. Um, perhaps a, li- a little closer to home, how has Bailey Gifford itself dealt with with the crisis are you kind of all all you guys working remotely how are you sort of dealing with clients have you had a lot of sort of difficult calls over the last week uh, you know, overall we continue um with our day job which is you know as the investors we're looking for the the great growth companies um through that very long-term lens and that's what we're doing operationally we are um, functioning absolutely fine. Um, yes, a number of us have moved to remote working in line with um, you know, uh, government um, recommendations. Uh, and actually, um, you know, I've been working from home this week myself uh, and using the online tools and access to our systems from home, which has been absolutely seamless. So we're, we're continuing to work um, on, on a daily basis on making sure we have the right portfolios and um, for the long term uh, for our clients. And um, We've had a few calls with um, our clients, but you know, overall, um, they're very happy with the, the, um, the way we are, we are managing our business through this. Sure. Well, Mike, I really appreciate you speaking to me today and uh, do, do take care of yourself and stay safe, uh, both, to, both your family and, and your colleagues. And, but thank you very much. Thank you, and to you.